welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing this song for the dreaming of the world That we may dream as one With every voice, with every song We will move this world along Today for Spirit in Action we'll be speaking with Karen Brandau. I got to know of Karen through the music she creates with a longtime musical activist favorite of mine, Charlie King. For a number of years, Karen and Charlie have been producing a wealth of musical commentary on issues near and dear to my own heart. If you're a regular Spirit in Action listener, you've no doubt heard some of their songs as part of other programs I've presented. Today, we'll be visiting with Karen Brandau and listening to some of their music about death and taxes, two issues close to the center for Karen recently. Karen Brandau joins us from Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts. Karen, I'm very pleased to have you here today for Spirit in Action. Thanks so much for asking me to be part of this great show. Karen, are you a folk singer, or what is your major profession? What's your job? That's such a great question, Mark. (laughs) I've actually been thinking about that a bit. I'm not going to give you an easy answer here. About what I would say if somebody asked me, so what do you do, Karen? And the best I can come up with is that I am a political activist, I'm a worker for social justice and peace, and that takes various forms. One of them is my being a traveling folk musician, thanks to my partnership with Charlie King, who was doing that long before I came along and became his partner. So you were a musician still before you met him, or did you also catch musicianship from him? No, I grew up learning and teaching myself how to play guitar when I was about nine years old and sang with friends in junior high and high school and sang in the choir. When I moved to Guatemala, which was in 1986, I was very much a closet musician. I was one of those people who was terrified to play when people were listening. And the friends in Guatemala who were musicians were very clear with me There's a term in Spanish, egoista, which means selfish. And they said, Karen, it's very egoista of you to have a talent as you're not going to share it. So they pushed me slash encouraged me to play when people were actually in the room with me. So I started singing and playing guitar in public there. And I also formed a women's a cappella singing group called the Non-Traditional Imports. We were all foreigners. So I was doing some of that when I moved back to the U.S. in 94, and I met Charlie in 95. I was doing the math while you were speaking, and I realized that means you spent a number of years in Guatemala. What were you doing there? And I mean, that's a long time. You must be very fluent in Spanish by now. I am fluent in Spanish, and I maintain this is another one of my tracks of the activism is I'm still doing Spanish interpreting and translating for progressive groups, and so I keep up my fluency that way. I lived in Guatemala and Mexico working with Guatemalan refugees for eight years 
During that time, I did a lot of wonderful and different things. I accompanied people who were under threat because of their own political involvement as what we would call an unarmed bodyguard with human rights teams. I led a lot of about 25 delegations of people from different countries who wanted to know more about what was happening in Guatemala. I taught peer counseling to some people who were doing organizing, and I worked with street children for a while. Oh, of course, one of the major things I did is I worked with international labor solidarity and trying to offer opportunities to people to have links between workers in Guatemala and workers in other parts of the world. A lot of good work you were doing there. The topic you chose for today's Spirit in Action, and I knew, of course, that you and Charlie King have been active in so many venues and so many different topics, but the topics that you chose for today were death and taxes. So give us a little bit of background of your connection with death and taxes. It's a little bit of a provocative title coming out, obviously, of that adage that there are only two things in life that are certain, death and taxes, and wanting perhaps to challenge that a little bit. Two of the issues that I've been involved with for quite a while, one I came into through my association with Charlie King, my partner, because he's been involved with it already, which is a movement to abolish the death penalty in the United States. And then the taxes part is that I would say when I was 30 years old, it was a pretty significant year for me. And one of the ways that was significant was that I got introduced to the two Guatemalans who encouraged me to go to their country and how that happened. And the other was that I was attending a workshop with Wally and Juanita Nelson. They are people, longtime activists, much longer than I am, who live in this area in western Massachusetts. And Wally asked me a question I couldn't answer, which was, Karen, how can you continue to work for peace and pay for war? And he was alluding to my participation in paying federal income taxes and how much of that goes for the purposes of defense, weapons, war, etc. I could not come up with a good answer for him, and that was the year that I stopped paying taxes. That's been an important backdrop to my life since then, not only in the non-payment of taxes, but the lifestyle choices inherent in making that decision. A number of us are war tax resistors. I've certainly been one since 1982. But part of the issue is, if I don't pay it, they come and take it one way or another as best they are able. The lifestyle changes you've made that have helped you be effective as a war tax resistor, you want to mention a few of those? I can, and it's very interesting, that word effective, because I thought you were going to go a different direction with that. I want to say that I think of it as a form of conscientious objection. So it's primarily for my own consistency with my values and my conscience and what my spirit can live with. So I'm not thinking of it so much as a tactic per se that I think is going to shift U.S. budget priorities or stop the war. It's really for my own internal well-being and integrity. That said, the lifestyle choices that I've made have been in part looking at what do I think is my fair share of financial resources on the planet and trying to live at that level. And so it means that compared to some other people in my social group, I earn less than a lot of folks do. 
my income is approximately $10,000 a year. It means I don't have a bank account. I don't have a credit card. I don't have a car. I don't have a home. I can't accept a job that has taxes taken out of it. So there's essentially nothing to be taken from me as part of a collections process. And that's part of that life choice on my part. Well, you and Charlie both do music to support war tax resistors, yourselves and others, I'm sure. Can you share some of the music that speaks about this issue or the various aspects of it? One of the songs that Charlie wrote to support war tax resistors, and I think he wrote this in the 80s, was a parody of the song Bye Bye Blackbird. It's a song called Don't Pay Taxes. And we re-recorded it around 2003, updated the third verse a little bit just to fit the times, but it's pretty much still relevant. In New York City in 1982, when a million people took to the streets, I'll bet some of you were there. We learned that uh, Secretary of State Alexander Haig was asked to comment on this march, and his comment was, let them march all they want, just as long as they continue to pay their taxes. So in that spirit, we offer... The IRS says pay your dues. Business doesn't, why should you? Don't pay taxes. Enron skipped a year or two. Show the tax man you're no fool and don't pay taxes. You can end this yearly aggravation. Just pretend that you're a corporation and tell them that you're working hard, drilling oil wells in your yard. Don't pay your don't want or need arrives this April COD. Don't pay taxes. A few demented terrorists have got you on their mailing list. Don't pay taxes. Please report these sleazy overspenders. Mark tax return, return to sender. Call John Ashcroft or any Fed, it's obscene, unsolicited. Don't pay your tax. The dollars that you pay for war kill people in El Salvador. If some escape to this fair land, your dollars send them back again. Don't pay taxes. The generals say they want you where they got you. They got you buying Black Hawk helicopters. You work for peace, you pray for it. If you hate war, don't pay for it. Don't pay your tax. Yeah, tell the IRS this year. Let them know the buck stops here. And don't pay your tax. 
Doesn't that make you just want to stand up and not paying any taxes? Thanks for the inspiration, Karen. <laughs> well, you're welcome. And you know, I don't mean to come off as proselytizing or judging anyone else's life choices. We all participate how we can, when we can, and it's all valuable. It's all a piece of the big picture. So that song was Don't Pay Taxes, and it's from the Sparks and Tears CD by Charlie and Karen. Your website or the website where people can find this, which website's the best way to go there? The website is www.charlieking.org, O-R-G. We tried to get charlieking.com, and it turned out to be a, a realtor in Ohio. So if you go to com, you'll end up being offered some property in Ohio. And if you don't want to do that, but you'd rather have the music, you should go to org, charlieking.org. Well, you do a lot of different music. Is there other stuff? Have you been part of activities, protests, that kind of thing? Charlie and I do concerts for activist groups. Many of them are fundraisers around the country. We also do participate in political actions around different causes, one of which I know we'll talk about a little later is around the death penalty. And we also go down to the School of the Americas vigil every year at Fort Benning, Georgia, and we are a presence along with thousands of other people over the weekend before Thanksgiving at the Fort Benning military base to try to close the School of the Americas, which is a, a training program for Latin American military in methods of counterinsurgency and interrogation. That's been going on for 21 years, and we've been there for the last 11 or 12 of those years. We also get to participate in actions in support of striking labor activists who are looking for better working conditions. We've also participated in some actions around Central America solidarity. So we get to do a lot of really interesting and wonderful work. Could you share some more of your music, some music you or you and Charlie do? Sure. Pat Humphreys wrote a song called We Are One that we have loved singing. And Pat wrote it in English, and I did a Spanish counterpoint melody and translation for it, and that's the version that we recorded. I think of it as a prayer and an anthem for reconciliation among peoples around the world who need to be reconciled for whatever reason. Smiling face, outstretched hand, three disputes, small and grand, we will lay down our guns, we are one. In the rain, through the war, we have shared pain before in our grief. When it's done, we are one. We are one. Where the earth touches sky, we are born. We all Waters run, we are one, we are one. Where the light touches land, over sea, over sand, 
We Are One. You can get it on the Puppet Town CD from Charlie King and Karen Brandau. That is a beautiful song. Your Spanish counterpart in there flows so nicely. Do you think, dream, eat? I notice Charlie's Spanish accent isn't anywhere near as good as yours, but do you speak Spanish at home? Is that something that you could do? I don't. When I first met Charlie, it was one of our fantasies that I would teach him Spanish, and here we are 13 years later, and we still haven't started that process. (laughs) Do you remain connected to Central American and other Latin American issues? Uh, By the way, myself and my wife were part of a Quaker folk dance group that was just in Cuba two months ago, so we got to see a slice of it there, and I got to work on my own Spanish. Oh, wonderful. Yes, I've been to Cuba twice with delegations. It's a fabulous place that really is exemplary in a number of ways, one of which is how highly they value culture and encourage young people to explore it. I have email correspondence with a number of friends from Guatemala who live there. Another track of my activism that has emerged in my life in the last few years is doing spiritual and emotional counseling and support, particularly for young activists who have been involved in Central America solidarity work and have lived there or recently returned from there or go back and forth in their support work. I reached a point where for my spiritual, physical, and emotional well-being, it was clear that I wasn't called to do on-the-ground work at this point. 
But one way I stay connected is by supporting others who are doing that and helping them learn how to care for themselves better in order to be able to sustain that work over the long haul. That's a lot learned from my own experience of what I didn't do well. You talk about doing spiritual and emotional counseling and support. Is there a particular method? Is there a specific spiritual or religious background to it? How how do you do that? Well, I think what's probably true for a lot of us, I I have a graduate degree in counseling that I didn't ever use, quote-unquote, professionally. I finished grad school and then went down to Guatemala right away. However, the things I learned there integrated with my life experience inform everything I do. There isn't a particular method or philosophy. It just draw upon the various learnings I've had through graduate school, through being involved in peer counseling, through my own activist work, through reading. I was in a spiritual director training program. So it's a mix of influences. And I am kind of a mishmash myself spiritually. I grew up in a Jewish household, and the spiritual director training program I was in was at a Jewish retreat center where I was trained. My partner, Charlie, is Catholic, so I go to Catholic retreat centers with him and do reading with him and learn about his spiritual background. I have been practicing Buddhism since about the mid-90s, and so... I am immersed as well in that practice. And so I draw upon all of that to work with people, just depending on where they are and what fits. That sounds like a very rich mix. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Spirit in Action. My guest today is Karen Brandau. She and her partner, Charlie King, well-known as musicians, but she's got a much wider involvement of her own in political activism, self-described, as you heard earlier, as a political activist. I guess partly what that also means is somewhere near indigent. (laughs) I actually don't feel like I'm miss, I'm missing out on anything. <laughs> it is one of the sad things in our culture that people who are doing such good for the world don't get the financial support, which would free them up to do even more. Yeah. I'm quite easy with what I earn. It's a little bit anxiety-producing to be self-employed and not know from one year to the next if I'm going to make enough to pay the bills, but somehow it always works out so far. So I feel pretty blessed in that way. We are talking with Karen today about issues of death and taxes. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production, and I'm Mark Helpsmeet. Our website is northernspiritradio.org. You can go to our site, find links to Karen and Charlie, and you can hear our archives the last five and a half years. So you can go and find out more of the music that Karen and Charlie are making. And hopefully you'll buy it directly from them because I think they get a few cents more than if you buy their music through iTunes where you can find it as well. Very true. So do check out charlieking.org, their website. But speaking of the music that you have, let's share some more to round out your issues of death and taxes. Well, if it's an okay time to transition into the issue of the death penalty, then I will bring up a song that Charlie wrote. We have the opportunity to travel with a fabulous group called the Journey of Hope from Violence to Healing. So after the song, I'll explain what that is. But by way of introducing the song, I'll say one of the people we've traveled with is Sister Helen Prejean, 
the author of Dead Man Walking and subject of that film by the same name. And Sister Helen gives quite remarkable talks, and she asks a question of the audience at one of her talks that served as the basis for this song that Charlie wrote called The Worst You've Ever Done. Ever say a stupid thing Wrong place, wrong crowd, wrong day Ever long to take it back Make it go away Now dig a little deeper Beneath the scab of shame Something you pray you've never done Something you dare not make Imagine being stuck right there For all of time and time And all the good you did or could Forgotten and denied By some strand you can't untangle From the winding web you've spun only be remembered for the worst you've ever done Maybe you betrayed a friend Perhaps you hurt a child Or won some heart and broke it Just to watch that heart go wild You might have done it on a whim You might have in a rage You might have done it in a war Or done it for a wait Imagine being stuck right there For all of time to come To only be remembered Live the wrong you've done And now you're living well But some live by the hour In a solitary cell Wait for the warden Wait for the noose Wait for the morning sun Smoldering embers Only remembered for the worst They've ever done Who will sit in judgment And who will stand alone Who can know another's heart Who can cast the stone Where is the healing In the vengeance that we crave Unmarked grave Out of his mouth A red, red rose Out of his heart A white For the life he can never Live over For the good he did Or might Imagine Being stuck right there For all of time To come 
Worst You've Ever Done. It's from the CD Puppet Town, Charlie King and Karen Brandow. Quite powerful song. You said that Charlie wrote the song, Karen. Do you co-write songs, or are you just a delightful voice that's in the mix? That's such a nice way to ask that. Thank you. (laughs) I do not write songs. I have not found my muse in this life so far. So he writes the songs, and wonderful ones they are. You said that Charlie was involved with death penalty work before you connected with him. It's pretty clear to me from the songs you chose and from my discussions with you earlier that it's pretty vital to you. What's so compelling to you about the death penalty work? I think it's the way I got introduced to it, which is through the group I was mentioning, the Journey of Hope from Violence to Healing. I'd like to share a paragraph written by Thich Nhat Hanh, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. There are a series of Buddhist precepts that really are ethical principles by which we can live our life. And this is his version of the first Buddhist precept on the reverence for life. Aware of the suffering caused by the destruction of life, I vow to cultivate compassion and learn ways to protect the lives of people, animals, plants, and minerals. I am determined not to kill, not to let others kill, and not to condone any act of killing in the world, in my thinking, and in my way of life. That's a pretty tall order and a lifelong practice to try to examine how our lives in one form or another contribute to killing. And what we were talking about earlier around taxes comes in for me around that as does the death penalty, which is kind of a silent thing that goes on in our country that unless it touches us personally, many of us don't think about, which was true for me. So then I went on the journey of hope from violence to healing, which is a group of people who are murder victims, family members who are opposed to the death penalty. They are now joined by people who've been exonerated from death row, who spent years there, who were innocent, of whom there are now 141 in this country, as well as people who have family members on death row. And this group travels to states where they have the death penalty, and they tell their personal stories, which are heart-wrenching, difficult for them to tell day in, day out, difficult for us to listen to day in, day out. And they have a lot of credibility because often people will say, if one talks about the death penalty and opposition to it, well, you wouldn't feel that way if it happened to you. And here is a group of people to whom it did happen, who have still found their way to some combination of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of knowing that executing another person is not going to bring them healing or closure. So they're very powerful teachers around those issues. And Charlie and I travel with them to these different states, not because we have a personal story to tell, but because we drive vehicles and we sing with them and sing at their speaking engagements. We carry boxes, we get signatures on petitions, and we just provide company and emotional support for the speakers so that they can do this for the 17 days of the journey. I'm sure there's a lot of people, it must really blow their minds, the thought that someone, you know, your your relative, your your wife, your husband, your child was killed, and you're speaking against revenge. The possibility that hurt, injury, deep grief, 
does not demand violence as a response. Some people just can't imagine that one doesn't connect with the other. How do they get disconnected? I mean, how do people learn that one does not automatically lead to the other? Well, each person has their own remarkable story and journey to tell, so there's not a formula per se. For some people, it was their religious faith and a lot of prayer and a lot of, it's a long, several-phase journey. It's not just an overnight process. And for some people, it is a recognition that to hold on to that degree of vengeance and anger and desire for that other person to be hurt was taking such a toll on their own physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being that they needed to let it go for their own rest of their life to go on, or else they think that the perpetrator of the crime will have had another victim in themselves. So there are some people for whom that is the story. For some people, they're still on that journey. They wouldn't say they've come to a place of forgiveness, but they would say that they know that it's not right to take another person's life, that it dishonors the memory of their loved one who was killed. And I, after a few years of going on the journey, took my own involvement in the issue in a somewhat different direction as well because I started to write to and visit someone on death row in Florida. And at the end of January, I'm about to go for my fifth visit to see him. And we've been writing for about eight years. So having that one-on-one relationship also brings a different face to the issue for me. I think that's part of what's so powerful about the song, The Worst You've Ever Done, is that they're not really foreign creatures. They're like us, and if we look within, we see those same seeds. You know, there but for the grace of God go I. And I guess most people have to believe that a person on death row is a different creature. But I guess when you exchange letters for five years, uh, it's pretty clear this is just a person. Mm-hmm. And actually, compassion is called for not just in response to the folks who are in prison, whether it be on death row or not, but for the people who are working in that system. The system is so based on seeing the prisoners as other, as less than, in order to be able to do that job day in and day out. And I think that Steve Earle's song, Ellis Unit One, really speaks to that. Steve, by the way, is another activist to abolish the death penalty. He wrote to a Texas death row prisoner, Jonathan Nobles, for about a decade and then was asked to witness Jonathan's execution, which was a life-changing experience for Steve. And yet he wrote this song, Ellis Unit One, from the voice of one of the people who's on the team who carries out the execution, because those people also suffer in this whole system. I was fresh out of the service and it was back in 82 And I raised some cane when I come back to town I left to be all I could be and come home without a clue And I married down and had to settle down Hired on at the prison Guess I always knew I would Just like my dad and both my uncles done And I've worked on every cell block now And things are going good But then they transferred me to LSU and 
daddy used to talk about them long nights at the walls And how they used to strap them in the chair The kids down from the college and they'd bring their beer now When the lights went out, the cheer rose in the air. Well, folks just got too civilized. Spark is gathering dust. Cause no one wants to touch a smoking gun. And since they got the injection, they don't mind as much, I guess. They just put them down at Ellis Union One. Swing low, swing low, swing low and carry me music of Steve Earle. The song is Ellis Unit 1. My guest here today for Spirit in Action is Karen Brandau. She and Charlie King have been active in work against the death penalty for a number of years now, as is Steve Earle. Very powerful song, very powerful song. Does he travel with you? Is this one of the people you meet during your peregrinations as you're working to support the work against the death penalty? Steve was with us on a couple of journeys. The last time I remember being with him was in Tennessee on a journey that went through that state because that's where he was living at the time. And I know he still speaks about it in the uh, work that he does and helps to raise funds as well. Of course, you have a wealth of music that you and Charlie King have done 
but you chose to share one of Steve Earle's songs. You said that while you're going on these tours, uh, as you're touring with these people, you sing. What kind of songs do you sing? The Worst You've Ever Done is an obvious one. Are there other songs that you and Charlie would contribute to the program? Yes. What we do is we sing in between speakers because you can imagine that the stories that they tell, even though everybody has their own style, are kind of heart-wrenching. So it helps to have music just to transition between people's stories. So sometimes we'll do kind of spiritual message songs or sing-along songs for folks to be able to take a breath, a collective breath, and get centered for the next story they're going to hear so Charlie has a couple of songs like the Step Into the Holy Circle, Step by Step, that are from his album Inside Out that we share with people on the journey. Hold On, the civil rights classic, is another one that we would sing. We have a whole repertoire of what we call journey songs that we sing at that time. And there's one, you know, uh, when Charlie was first asked to join the Journey of Hope and to do singing, one of his responses was, there are not a lot of upbeat and perky songs about the death penalty that I can bring to this. Yet, we do a song called Hey Little Ant that was actually written for children by Phil Hose. It's a song that's written to provoke discussion among young people about a relationship between a big child and the ant that child is about to step on. It's on children's album, and it fits very well in this context. Hey, little ant, down in that crack, can you hear me? Can you talk back? See my shoe, can you see that? Well, now it's gonna squish you flat. <gasps> please, oh, please, do not squish me. Spare my life and let me be. I'm on my way home with a crumb of pie. Please don't squish me. Don't make me die. Ah, oh, anyone knows that an ant can't feel. You're so tiny, you don't seem real. I'm so big and you're so small. I don't think it'll hurt at all. Yeah, well, you are a giant, and giants can't know how it feels to be an ant. Come down close and you will see that you are quite a lot like me. Are you crazy? Me like you? Why, I've got a home and a family, too. You're just a speck that runs around. No one will care if my foot comes down. Oh, big friend, you are so wrong. My nestmates need me because I am strong. I dig our nest, feed baby ants too. I must not die beneath your shoe. Yeah, well, my mother says that ants are rude. They carry off our picnic food. They steal our chips and our breadcrumbs too. Who cares if I kill a crook like you? Hey, I'm no crook, kid. Read my lips. Sometimes ants need crumbs and chips. Why, one of your chips feeds my whole town. You must not let your foot come down. Yeah, but all my friends squish ants each day. Squishing ants is a game we play. They're looking at us. They're listening, too. They all say I should squish you. 
Well, I can see you're big and strong. Decide for yourself what's right and wrong. But if you were me and I were you, what would you want me to do? Should the ant get squished? Should the ant go free? It's up to the kid, not up to me. So we'll leave that kid with the raised-up shoe. What do you think that kid should do? Wow, what a delightful and deep song for children. That song is just so wonderfully thought-provoking. It really raises so many important issues in just those short minutes, you know, the reasons why we, what we could use to justify the caring and the killing. Well, everybody else is doing it. Well, my friends will think I'm weird if I don't do it. Well, this person's just a crook anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's just great for having those conversations. Actually, one of the questions that I have about capital punishment, obviously capital punishment puts a person's life to end, but one of the things that I tend to, that I wonder about is if corporal punishment is actually less inhumane than imprisonment. I read a book, it was dealing with conscientious objectors from Vietnam War. The author mused at the end of it, he said, would I rather have a finger cut off than be taken away from my life and from my family for a year? I would choose to have that finger cut off. He said at one point, rather than spend five years away from my life and my family, I'd rather have my hand cut off. And so the cruel, inhumane uh, label, for me it seems possible that imprisonment also is that. Yes, I think that the prison system as a whole, the way it is used right now is so much about punishment. I don't know that it might still be a title in what they're called, corrections, but there's nothing corrective about it. It's so much about punishment and taking away people's power, just making every day as miserable as possible for them. And that's why a number of us involved in the abolition movement of the death penalty are also involved in trying to reform the way the prison system is set up. I know that there are studies documenting how much better people do when they've come out of a prison situation where they've received an education, where they've been treated like human beings. I guess I want to mention, too, there are so many reasons to oppose the death penalty, but one of them is the racism and racial inequality evident in the system, and as well as class. The majority of people on death row are people of color, so disproportionate to the representation in the population. 80% of executions take place in former slaveholding states. So where, when you get the death penalty, often it just depends on where you live in the country or who the prosecutor is or the race of the person who was killed. So there's a lot to be looked at there in the prison system in general and how it's used. You mentioned that a lot of the executions are happening in former slaveholding states. Is there any movement in the country toward or away from capital punishment? It seems to me that 10 years ago, it was kind of the heyday of a revival of executions. What's it like right now? What direction is the tide going? There are less executions for the past two years than the previous years. There are less people being given death penalty. There are more states that are 
really studying this issue and putting a moratorium on executions and having commissions look into it for many reasons, some of which I mentioned in terms of the arbitrariness and the inequality around race and class and the innocent people who are sent to death row, the cost, which is many times more what it would be to just imprison someone. So fortunately, there is a move away from executing people and we are hoping for a time, and I believe this will happen in my lifetime, when we will join the rest of the industrialized countries around the world and abolish the death penalty. Are we the only country in terms of top incomes that have death penalty? Yes. We share the stage in terms of executions with Iran, Saudi Arabia, China, you know, some of the folks who are some of the uh, questionable human rights violators in the rest of the world. That is a sad statement. Yeah, there is a lot of people from Europe who are involved in abolishing the death penalty in the United States because they don't have it, and they know it's not necessary. Well, that's depressing news, and I think I need uh, just one more upbeat song to take us out. We've got just a moment left. Can you send us out with something that's not going to leave us totally depressed, Karen? Of course. (laughs) No, definitely not the intention for folks to get depressed. This is a song that we learned. It was written by Harmony Grisman, and the uh, Spanish was written by Paulette Meyer, and we tweaked it a little bit. Uh, It's a song called Break Em On Down, and what we're breaking down in the song is the walls between us, whether they be walls of a prison or, or walls between countries that divide us or walls of seeing someone as the other. It's a fun sing-along song, so as people catch on to it when they're listening to it, I would invite them to sing along. And thank you so much for having me here. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for joining us, Karen Brandau. Pass my regards on to Charlie. You've been my guest before in my shows. So we're going to take you out here with Break Em On Down, performed here by Charlie King and Karen Brandau. Thanks again, Karen. You're welcome. Break em on down, break em on down. Break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down. Break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down. Break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down. Break them on down these walls. These walls. These walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down, break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down, break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down these walls, these walls, these walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down, break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down these walls, these walls, these walls between us. Tumbalas, tumbalas, las murallas entre nosotros. Tumbalas, tumbalas, las murallas entre nosotros. Tumbalas, las murallas entre nosotros. Tumbalas, tumbalas, murallas, murallas entre nosotros. 
Tumbalas, tumbalas, las murallas entre nosotros. Tumbalas, tumbalas, murallas, murallas entre nosotros. Break them on down, break them on down, break them on down these walls between us. Break them on down, break them on down, break them on down these walls between us. These walls, these walls, these walls between us. Karen Brandau and Charlie King, break them on down. Find more at charlieking.org. The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice, with every song.